Welcome back to the Engage 8 Podcast. Here with our co-hosts, Nevin and Logan. Say what's up, guys. Been a little bit since since last week, actually. Yeah, what's going on, guys? And then we have a new guest joining us today. Uh, Jackson Wilson played on the football team this last season. Won conference player defensive end and also won tight end for the KLA Conference in the Michigan High School Athletic Association, whatever bullcrap they spew on and however long their abbreviated uh name is uh jackson say what's up to everyone what's going on happy to be on here yeah uh jackson uh he's got a couple of division two offers uh looking to get some uh d1 offers isn't that right yep yep uh sending lots of film out you know seeing what happens it's process recruiting is uh it's a lot to handle yeah, we'll be seeing him at MSU uh, playing under Mel Tucker here in a couple of years, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, so today we're going to get uh, started with our preview of the Week 11 games this weekend. There's been some couple MAC games that happened uh, the last two days, and then there's a Tulsa and Memphis game going on tonight, and then I know there's a couple games in, like East Carolina and Cincinnati tomorrow, but we don't care about those uh, group of five conference games that have no ranked teams we're here to talk about the big games uh we're going to start off with missouri and tennessee tennessee coming off a loss to georgia at sanford stadium and missouri just played a close game against kentucky and i looked at missouri's schedule earlier uh they've been kind of like the iowa state of the sec not winning games necessarily but they've been given a tough time to teams like auburn they lost in overtime only a four point loss to georgia seven point loss to florida Beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt, only a four-point loss to Kentucky. So it looks like they're, they're causing a little bit of havoc this year. They lost to Kansas State earlier in the year, uh, 40-12. to But I don't know. I think this Missouri team, I don't think they're good uh, looking at their statistics. But they're definitely, I feel like they could still give this Tennessee a little bit of, tr- team a little bit of trouble in the first half. Uh, anyone want to start with a strong take on either teams? Or yeah. Team? yeah, I'll get this one started. All right. Um. I think that a key to beating Tennessee is being able to control the clock. And if you can control the clock and keep Tennessee's offense off the field, that you give yourself a way better chance of winning. And uh, this Missouri team only averages 146 yards a game. And I do not think that averaging hundred under 150 yards a game is uh, a way to beat this Tennessee team. But um, I think that Missouri's defense is pretty good. So I think, when Hendon Hooker and the other playmakers that the uh, volunteers have, I think when they're on the field that they could be shut down a little bit. But, yeah, I'm with you. No, I think Tennessee is just going to explode the second half. And I actually, hot take, I think they're going to cover that 20-and-a-half point spread. Uh, I'm kind of, I don't know if they'll cover it, but it'll be really close to it, whether they do or don't. I think it's either. I mean, that's what Vegas hopes for. Yeah. I think it's like anywhere from 17 to 23. Logan or Jackson, you guys got anything to say about either team or kind of like maybe where Tennessee will end up at the end of the year or something, anything like that? Uh, Um, Sure, I'll go. Um, Sorry, Jackson. You want to go? No, you can go. You can go ahead. All right. Well, I think Missouri's going to win this football game. What? Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. This is Tennessee. <laughs> uh, look, um, Jalen Hyatt, obviously one of the best receivers. Hendon Hooker. I, I, I still can't believe this offense got held the uh, six points against uh, Georgia. Um, I know I wasn't on the show 
earlier in the week to talk about that. But I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, Georgia's defense is just far above everybody else's. But um, obviously, I don't think Missouri's bringing in Georgia's defense. So I don't think this is going to be particularly close. Um, but I will say about Tennessee, this Tennessee offense has obviously been really good. One of the best in the entire nations, and it just did not look good against Georgia. So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Uh, expect Tennessee to be 11-1, and one, and this will probably be their first win to get in there. Jackson, your uh, opinions on this game or either of these teams? Yeah, I think I think definitely Tennessee is going to come out with this one. But, you know, just that, that Georgia defense, you know, I mean, after having a couple games where they topped, you know, 500 yards, and, uh, you know, Georgia holding them down. I th- I don't think, you know, Missouri has the defensive skill. But, um, you know, you never know what these games. You never know what could happen. But, you know, if Tennessee comes out and plays how they can and how they done, you know, you know, prior to the Georgia game, I think, you know, they'll walk away with an easy win out of this one. Uh, the thing about this Missouri team, they like you said, Nevin, they only average, what, 140-something yards or whatever? 26, yep. Right, and like even looking at their uh, statistics, they're super inefficient with only averaging those yards per game. And like this Tennessee defense, no, it's not the greatest thing, but like it's definitely a more than capable to shut down their run game. Missouri only averages three point eight yards per carry on the year, which is pretty bad, and then also has only seven point one yards per attempt on. I mean, not bad completion percentage, but. Brady Cook, their starting quarterback, has six touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't like quarterbacks that throw more interceptions than touchdowns. And then, I mean, Tennessee's offense, I mean, other than the Georgia game, uh, their offense has been really efficient this year. Running the ball, I mean, not the most efficient thing, 4.3 yards per carry, but they have 27 rushing touchdowns on the year. And then Hennon Hooker's been able to have a good touchdown-interception ratio, having over 10 yards per completion and 71 completion percentage. So, I think Tennessee, I think there's going to be a little bit of struggle in the first half. I feel like maybe they overlooked this Missouri team a little bit, having their heads down a little bit after the loss to Georgia. But I think in the second half, they'll start to get rolling and uh, come away with a win here. Uh, moving yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I just, I don't think Missouri's just, gonna, I don't think Missouri's going to be able to play a complete game against a pretty good Tennessee team after still taking a loss. Uh all right, are we ready to move on to the next game? Yeah, I'm good. All right, we, so. we got LSU versus Arkansas. Uh, LSU having a big overtime win with Brian Kelly, having a big boy call, uh, going for two after the Jaden Daniels scores the first touchdown in uh, overtime. Um, anyone want to have their thoughts shared first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. I think for LSU – I mean, when your coach makes the call that um, Brian Kelly did to beat one of the best teams in the past decade, I feel like it's hard not to trust that guy after he does something like that. So uh, I think LSU, first off, has probably had a great week of practice this week. And second off, I think that they're going to have more trust in their coach this week than ever. And then um, I also think – the, the, the only really problem that LSU could run into would be uh, K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas, their quarterback. He's got 17 touchdown passes on the – 17 touchdowns on the year and only three interceptions. So um, I think that could be like a small problem for LSU. But I think if they can shut him down, then they'll be in good shape because um, 
I feel like Arkansas's passing attack isn't as great as some of the other teams LSU's had to face. Uh, either of you two want to take the show, or do you want me to uh, give my opinion first? I'll go ahead, Jax. I think, you know, you know, um, I don't know, this this LSU team, you know, coming off of what they did last week, I think they're going to have a full head of steam. And, um, you know, Arkansas, I don't know, I mean, they're not a terrible team, but just the powerhouse that, LSU is and, and coming off of you know a game like that, it, it's almost like you know what we do here winning our uh, you know how we were coming off the next week after winning our I met Powell, you know when you have that big win like that, you come back the next week with you know so much energy and, and so much power that's going to be extremely hard for the Razorbacks to uh, to stop this and uh, you know losing that game to Liberty last week. For, uh, for Arkansas, you know, it's weird. You know, they're just – I mean, they're looking – they're hungry too. You know, they're coming back. Uh, they they might put up a fight, but I, I feel like, you know, LSU is going to be pretty hard to stop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, KJ Jefferson, uh, he, there's been rumors that he might be out this week with an injury. He apparently is a little uh, beat up from that Liberty game, so they might have Malik Hornsby come into the game if that is the case that KJ Jefferson doesn't play. Arkansas, I mean, this team's just not that good defensively. They've had a ton of injuries throughout the year with their defensive back crew having like pure freshmen and maybe even walk-ons touching the field at times. So it's really hard to uh, game plan and have a good game script for the Razorbacks if you have players that keep uh, coming out of the games and uh, you have to put in new guys each week. Uh, I don't know. This running game with Raheem Sanders, he averages 6.4 yards per carry. He's been a deadly running back. Arkansas is known for really keeping the ball on the ground. KJ Jefferson runs it a decent amount too. And then, I mean, the receivers, Jaden Hasselwood, who transferred from Oklahoma last year, and Matt Landers, they've been all right this season. Haven't really found the end zone too much, but they uh, get receptions and get a decent amount of yards. For this LSU team, I mean, I don't know how you come off a game that you just played and then not go and want to perform great week after week after week. Cause this team, I mean, they might be a team that gets two losses and gets it. If they went out, they play in the SEC championship. And if you beat Georgia, I think you're in the college football playoff at that point. I mean, they have good wins over Ole Miss and Bama and their only bat and their only loss is to Florida or their losses or to Florida state, which was a week one game that was really tough for them. New head coach, new quarterback, new guys in everywhere. And then to Tennessee, which they just started off poorly that game. And, I mean, Tennessee's still one of the top teams in the country. Uh, I think Jaden Daniels and his dual threat ability is going to give Arkansas trouble, especially with their pass coverage. He's going to be able to throw the ball deep. So that means linebackers are going to have to drop more into coverage, and then he's going to be able to take off and get 10 to 20 yards on gains out of the, out of scrambling. And uh, Neighbors and Boudet have been uh, really good uh, receiving threats for the Tigers and uh what's his name on the defense Perkins jr. I mean, we saw his impact last game. So Logan, you want to go finish us off with this game? Uh, yeah, I'll keep the game super short. I think, I think, uh, LSU wins this game. Um, I don't think Arkansas is going to put up too much of a fight. Um, that three and a half point spread, I think is a little deceiving there. I think our, or LSU easily covers that, but, um, I will talk about, uh, their college football playoff chances, which you kind of, rushed on a two loss LSU team would be really interesting because they do have that loss against Tennessee too. So if you're kind of sitting there with an 11 and one Tennessee, uh, um, 11 and two LSU SEC champions, be interesting to see how the committee kind of looks at those two teams. But 
Um, obviously, must win here for LSU. They have a chance to win the uh, SEC West, I believe. Yes. The yep. SEC West. Um, Got to keep that game above Bama. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see here. Uh, LSU coming off the big win. I think they kind of smoke them here. But, uh, yeah, I think this is one of the more interesting races to kind of watch down the stretch, see if LSU can be able to uh, kind of push their way into this college football playoff discussion. Right on. Speaking of Alabama, we have uh, Alabama playing Ole Miss this week as well. Alabama on the flip side of things of not playing well or lose, not playing. It's not that they didn't play well, but losing to uh, LSU and then Ole Miss, who, I mean, they're still in the race. They kind of been like under the radar a little bit more and people don't take think they're as good as the record shows and they haven't played necessarily the greatest opponents either. Uh, anyone want to start with their take on this? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I know the last time me and Logan were on here, I took I said a take that I thought I was I was pretty confident in, but it didn't age very well. Um, that take being that Alabama doesn't lose a lot in a decade, let alone in one season, and uh, they lost uh pretty recently since then. But I know this is gonna sound like I'm saying this again, but I just I don't. I think this game for Alabama goes one of two ways. They either win this and try and scratch and claw their way back into like keeping themselves or putting themselves back in the college football playoff um, conversation, or this law like a loss here. I think could turn tables and turn heads looking at Alabama a very different way. But uh, Alabama is either got to one bounce back and hopefully just rebound and get the season back going again. Or if they lose here, I think that some uh, some other be in for a rude awakening because um, I think this Ole Miss team, I mean, they're not a bad team by any means. What I'm saying, but I think they're, um, I don't know, they're a little overhyped. I feel like um, they beat a good t- Kentucky team earlier on in the season, but that was only by three points, and then they lost by 25 to this LSU team that we're talking about or we just talked about. But, uh, yeah, I think – I don't really know where I stand yet, Alabama or Ole Miss, but I just know that whatever happens here, Alabama's season is going one way drastically. Uh, I'd like to add in here, uh, there's a reason why Ole Miss is 11 at 8-1. and one. They just haven't really played anyone if you look at their schedule or have looked – uh any good during the eye test jackson dart he's been kind of inconsistent he has like one good game and then he'll kind of have a shaky game i'll say ole miss's uh ground attack uh judkins and evans have both been pretty good this year have 20 rushing touchdowns combined with over uh 1700 yards as a running back duo it's kind of like haskins and quorum last year with uh judkins kind of being a little bit more of a power back and then evans being a little bit more elusive and being good in space. Uh, I don't got much to say about this. I think this Alabama team, they this is kind of a must-win game for the morale. And if they still want to somehow get into the college football playoff or get into SEC championship, which is more impossible if LSU loses uh, two games, which, I mean, they play Arkansas, Texas A&M, and then I forget the other team that LSU plays. But I just think... The only problem with this Bama team is the receiver. It's not that typical Alabama receivers that we is what they're used to. Uh, 
Uh, Logan or Jackson, any takes on either team? Um, yeah, I Jackson, think. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. You know, Ole Miss definitely, like Noah said, you know, they have not played someone yet. You know, uh, the caliber of uh, Alabama, and I think that you know, with Alabama's loss, you know, they're coming out angry. I mean, you know, you know how Saban is as a coach. You know, he's he's been you know definitely working these guys this week and. They're going to be coming into this game, you know, I mean, hungry. And, uh, but also, you know, if uh, Ole Miss get there, gets this, uh, you know, win, it'll be the first time, you know, Alabama's won or lost uh, two games back to back in nine years. And I think that is, uh, that would be pretty crazy to see. But I, I feel like, in terms of, uh, um, in this game, I, I think Alabama's going to, is going to come in there and uh, fight for it. And, uh, I, I almost feel like it might not be an extremely close game. I feel like Alabama is is going to be, you know, not not like crawling their way back. They're they're coming out explosive, and I think they're gonna to take this uh, Mississippi team down. Finish this off, Logan. Um, yeah, I uh, very interesting loss to LSU. Um, Nevin was actually sitting in my basement. We were watching this game, and we were both shocked when LSU decided to go for it. Um, you know, I actually criticized the decision. Uh, obviously, it ended up working out for LSU. Tough loss for Alabama. Pushes them out of the college football playoff discussion, in my opinion. I don't think there's really anything they can do to kind of put themselves back in with that loss to Tennessee, especially. But um, I'm actually kind of going to disagree here. I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one. Um, I think, you know, the saying, when it rains, it pours. I think it's about ready to pour in. In, uh, in Alabama, and uh, I think this is kind of the season where we see maybe a little bit of regression from Bama. I don't think the receivers are very good. I do agree with you in that uh, aspect, Noah. Ole Miss has been actually pretty good, um, only allowing 222 yards through the air on the year, which obviously would be quite a bit less than Alabama normally gets, which is about 280. Um, I do kind of disagree about the competition play, too. They have won a lot of close games, but with the only loss being LSU, obviously LSU just beat Bama. I think they have been able to win some other games and kind of prove themselves. Um, the win over Kentucky was a big win, and it was at home. I uh, I truly expect this whole home crowd for Ole Miss to be able to come in and make some noise and kind of make this thing interesting. I think this is an extremely close game, but I'm actually going to give the upper hand to Ole Miss here. Definitely uh, not a popular opinion. Uh, if Okay, kind of a off-topic thing or kind of looking ahead into the future. You think if Alabama loses another game, do you, or do you think Nick Sa- this is Nick Saban's last year? Uh, meaning they let him go or Nick Saban Retires. just is done? I think uh, I don't think they'd um, ever let Nick Saban go unless I, he yeah, went like, was under 500. Um, no, I, I don't. I would expect Nick Saban to be back in coaching. I, I can't imagine Nick Saban up and quitting because of one down year, um, especially because, let's be honest, it's Alabama. They'll be back and reloaded next year. It's not like this is a you know downward spiral that's never going to be able to fix itself. But, um, no, I do think uh, Nick Saban's back I mean, next guys, year. Guys, we got to look at no the Alabama depth chart and realize how many four and five stars we've got behind these right, guys. Right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. even though – this year, they don't have their standard 10 first-round picks or 10 guys that are going to get drafted in the first two days on offense alone. 
they they still have enough talent uh, behind them that this is yeah this is going to be reloaded pretty easily I think. Yeah, uh, I just I just think Alabama without Bryce Young this year, uh, I feel like Bryce Young's kind of bailed them out of a lot of situations and uh, put them in at a good record this year. I just I'm I'm concerned what maybe they do next year if they have Milrow play or if they have another guy that's incoming freshman or like maybe redshirts his freshman year in plays. Uh, Let I me ask what... you if if Bryce Young doesn't play a snap this season, what do you think Bama's record is? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know because the game scripts for each week are way different without Bryce Young. So, I think Alabama's running attack is still pretty good with uh, Gibbs and McLennan, but and it would be good with Milrow. But I just, I'd say six and three. Yeah, I I think they are. Uh, I think the only game they'd lose that they didn't win would be Texas. Yeah, that's probably okay. yeah. I I agree with you there. Yeah, I think I think you are right. I think Bryce Young's been able to keep him in a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have been in. I mean, that Tennessee game, to be completely honest with you, I don't even think they deserve to be in that. Bryce Young kind of had a absolutely spectacular game. Granted, so did Gibbs, but um, yeah, I I think Bryce Young's been able to lead him to a lot of uh, big time wins. And like you said, the receiving core just isn't this isn't the same as it normally is. Normally, it's popping with five star guys that are getting ready to go play in the NFL, and uh, that's not really the case this year. So, all right, moving on. One of the more beatable Bama teams. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, moving on to the uh, two, the little, little bit of group of five action, two top 25 teams according to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, we have Tulane versus uh, UCF. Uh, both teams kind of, I paid attention a little bit to UCF recently, but Tulane, honestly, I honestly, before this show, I did not watch a single game of them. Uh, I looked at a little bit of their highlights and uh, a little bit of their film to see who's kind of like their main playmakers. Uh, Tajay Spears, he's used kind of like Jameer Gibbs in the uh, Alabama offense where, I mean, he's kind of runs it outside, doesn't do too much up the middle, and then uh, they try to get him outside the numbers and uh, throwing swing passes, a little screens and stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this game. My opinion's not too strong. I also don't know if Plumley or Keene is playing in this game. Keen's been the way better thrower this year, but Plumley's dual threat ability has uh, been a problem as he's tied for the rushing leader on the team. They kind of have a three-headed monster in the backfield with Plumley, Harvey, Harvey, and Bowser. So it'll be interesting. Harvey's averaging 7.4 yards per carry right now, though. And that Cincinnati win uh, that they had, he had the game-winning touchdown. So it'll be an interesting game. I'll probably tune into it. I believe it's at 3.30. Uh, definitely going to be on my radar. Any takes from you guys? Yeah, um, I think this could be a huge game for Tulane. Uh, they just came; they're riding a hot streak right now. Um, they've only lost to Southern Miss. That was what one, two, three, four, five games ago. So they're on a the five-game win streak, and uh, I think this is this will be a harder opponent for them. But um, being are they home or away for this one? Uh, UCF is, I believe, is at home. Oh, uh, two lanes at home. Road, oh, no, 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 two, lane, two lanes at home. Yes, two lanes oh, at home. Okay, yep, they are. All right, yeah. Then I think, uh, I th- yeah, I got two lane in this one still. I mean, I think this could be a win that like moves them up pretty high, maybe like eleven, ten, maybe. Yeah, uh, I mean they have a really quality win against Kansas State too. So, uh, I believe, and they, I mean, they've kind of ran through their schedule other than Southern Mitch, which I mean. It's a fluke game, but Tulane uh, after that game has been looking pretty good. Uh, when I look at the box score and uh, the scores of the game, so 
Uh, Jackson, you got any opinions on this? I think that that uh, Kansas State game against them really kind of opened my eyes on uh, what you know Tulane was capable of. Um, you know, they're they're an under the radar team that before this, um, I mean, barely barely wins any games in the season, and I think that you know the way they're going, this game against UCF, this is going to be big. I think they have a, a a pretty good chance at winning this, but you know UCF also has some weapons, and I think I think it's going to be a, a really 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 close game. But um, I'm kind of rooting for Tulane in this one. I I I would hope that they can uh, keep going because this is kind of a cool thing for the school. You know, everybody kind of overlooks this team, and they're you know they got some good people, and you know they've obviously been. You know, trying for a couple of years to build up the program. They're finally getting something rolling here. So I'd like to see them uh, keep going. Yeah. yeah. I'm with the best. I'm cheering for Tulane in this one. Yeah. Uh, looking at uh, the receiving leaders for uh, Tulane, five guys have 20 receptions on the year. It's a very balanced uh, tar- – it looks like it's very balanced in targets and who gets receptions and stuff. So – they kind of, it kind of like leads. Like, there's no like one guy you have to key in on other than maybe Spears out of the backfield. Like, it's kind of going to be a tough game for UCF because you know you don't know who's going to step up in this game. Uh Burn, did you make a? Have you made your take about this game, or are you still uh, waiting to go? Uh, I will say, um, this is actually a big, big game here. Um, winner sets themselves up to be the favorite for the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, I, I like Tulane in this one. I like to roll the home field advantage here. I rolled it with Ole Miss. I'll roll it out again with Tulane. Tulane's been a really good team um, all year. Uh, very interesting. Should be a good game. Possibly going to tune in to this one. But, uh, yeah, I think Tulane wins this one. They should basically lock up the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, UCF can make it very interesting with a win, though. Um I think particularly because all uh, Cincinnati, UCF, and Tulane would all be five and one in the American, assuming Cincinnati can beat uh, East Carolina this week. So uh, that this is going to be an interesting game to watch, and uh, yeah, obviously going to be a close one. I do have Tulane. East Carolina, that East Carolina Cincinnati game is going to be good uh, tomorrow night. Uh, East Carolina, they've been winning games and they've been playing in close games. I remember Week One, they almost they gave NC State a big scare, who had Devin Leary starting at the time too. So I mean, don't doubt East Carolina; they could also uh, make a run for their money and disrupting in the American. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we will be back with you shortly to uh, finish our Week Eleven preview. All right, welcome back to the second half of the show. Still got three games to go over. Uh, we have Washington and Oregon up next. Uh, anyone want to start off with their takes on either team? Sure, I'll start this one. I haven't started yet. Um, I I am absolutely in love with Oregon. Um, I have him. Uh, I have him ranked as my number four team in the nation. I uh, I, I don't know. I love what Bo Nix has been able to do. I think losing at or pretty much at Georgia. The game was in Atlanta. At Georgia in week one, um, you know, it's your head coach's first year. I, I don't think that's that bad of a loss. And since then, they really have kind of steamrolled everybody in the Pac-12. 15-point uh, win over UCLA, which I think Noah would agree with me. UCLA is a top-10 team in the nation. You, UCLA um, is better than USC for anyone out there. So so there you go. So UCLA, probably a top-8 team in the nation. 
Um, I, I am in love with this Oregon team. I don't think they lose here. To be honest with you, I don't think they lose here in the rest of the season. I will I will argue it till the end. A twelve and one Oregon team deserves to be in the college football playoff. But Bo Nix is spectacular. I don't think Washington's going to be able to stop them at Oregon. That's going to make that game even harder. I mean, an Oregon offense that puts up forty three a game. I just don't see Washington being able to get enough stops down the stretch to be able to win this football game. Ah, uh, Nevin or Jackson? Yeah, uh, I'm with there, Boone. Um, I think. Washington could like stick around in the first quarter, maybe, maybe first half. But yeah, Oregon is going to open it up and just pour it on. I think this will be a win that <clears throat> people look back at and are like, "That was a win that put them in contention for the CFP." But yeah, uh, so, yeah. what Bo Nix has done has been great. Yeah, no, I, I think Oregon's a great team, but. I uh, actually read up on something that uh, this – I mean, it's such a big rivalry game. Rivalry game. Um, Oregon has played the uh, the Huskies fight song uh, at practice for them. So, yeah. I mean, so I mean, they're coming into this one. I mean, it's a huge rivalry game. But I feel like for some reason here, I got a feeling that Washington might be able to pull an upset on them. And um, I, I don't know. I just have this feeling that, you know – with how they've been playing for the past three games, I feel like, you know, I don't know. They're going to be coming to Oregon, but I feel like, I feel like I, I got a little faith in Washington this week, and I, I would like to see them, you know, get an upset here. I think, I think, I think it's, a, it's possible. I think it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of with you there, Jackson. Uh, this Washington team kind of like doesn't play to Oregon's defensive strength. Uh, Noah Sewell is like the leader on this uh, Oregon team, and I'm pretty sure he got a touchdown against Colorado last week too. They put him in at fullback, but unrelated to that, uh, I don't know how the hell this freaking Oregon team is going to get pressure. Their their leading sack leader has two and a half sacks. I just they only have 15 total team sacks on the season. They do they do force a little bit of turnovers. But Michael Penix is not the one to turn the ball over. I feel like he's going to be able to hit a Dunsey and McMillan and get them into playmaking space. And I feel like Oregon's got to kind of start out and it's going to be a battle of two pretty good Pac-12 quarterbacks. If Pennant, if this Washington team's maybe eight and one or uh, whatever the right, if they only have one or one loss, I feel like they'd be, Penix would be higher on like Heisman radars. He's actually had a really good season. I know his stats look a little inflated because he has the, one of the most attempts in the country, but I mean, still 8.3 yards per attempt, 3,200 yards on the season and 20, three touchdowns only having five sack only taking five sacks on the year that's a really good job his running game's not too bad but they're receiving their uh passing game's crazy i think if oregon can honestly rush the ball with uh irving and uh winnington early on and uh kind of make this game longer i feel like that's how they beat this uh washington team uh bo Nix, i feel like he's gonna come up with a late great late game performance again kind of like how he did in ucla in that second half where he just absolutely took over and uh, put that game away. I feel like he's going to have to have another one of those type of games for them not to uh, lose to Washington. Hey, all I got to say, Bo Nix is legit. Oregon is legit. Come back here when it's 42-17. to 17. Oregon is just going to pummel Washington. People are going to realize they're a better team than TCU. They're a better team than Tennessee. Put them in the college football playoff. 
Oregon blowout. All right. Uh, any final thought, thoughts on this game? It's a bold take, Logan. That is, yeah, is a very – I don't, I don't know about better than – I, I see where you're coming from with uh, better than TCU, but better than Tennessee. I don't uh, know. I'm going to say it. Uh, well, we we will see on we'll see on Saturday. How about that? That, that those, uh, those volunteers. May, may, maybe I'm still a little bit mad that Washington beat my Spartans, but you know what? <laughs> We're putting that's, that aside. That's true, Burn. That's a tough that loss. Is, yeah, that's that's a tough, that, was, that was a tough loss. Like Sam said on Tuesday, that's the uh, falling of Tuck. That's when Tuck fell. It wasn't coming that, anymore. That's what Tuck fell. But you know what? We beat Illinois, so we're coming again. Tuck is coming. But so is Oregon. Bo Nix, 400-yard performance. Give me the Ducks. We're going to have to get a landing coming uh, shirt uh, printed after they take the win against Washington. After. Speaking of TCU, as Logan says that Oregon should be ranked above them, uh, we're going to be talking about this nighttime game between TCU and Texas. Texas, better. I feel like they're way better than their record shows. I think if Quinn Ewers is, this will be my take all year, if Quinn Ewers is healthy all year, this Texas team probably in the top, I'll say top 10, I won't say top 5, but I feel like they win that Bama game and they continue to roll on the success from there. Having three losses on the season, but when Ewers plays, it's a different story as we saw with uh, their win against Kansas State last year. I feel like Ewers' throw to throwing ability uh, put makes it easier for Bajan Robinson to just go crazy in the run game. We saw that he had 166 yards at the end of the first half in that Kansas State game. And then it Worthy and Jatavion Sanders, they're able to get going in the passing game too. And I feel like when every when everyone's healthy on this Texas team, they just get rolling. And they're honestly their defense doesn't have to do too much after the first half, as we saw. Kansas State was trying to lead a comeback, and it still didn't matter because Texas was so up so much in the first half. As for TCU, uh, Kendra Miller's been pretty good out of the backfield this year. Definitely uh, replaced Zach Evans as he transferred out last year. Max Duggan's been a pretty good quarterback. Probably should honestly be in the Heisman conversation, having 9.9 yards per completion on 24 touchdowns and two interceptions. And then uh, I don't know if Quentin Johnson's, uh, I heard that he's probably going to be able to play this week. He's been out the last couple weeks, but I mean, Tay Tay Barber and Darius Davis have been able to step up in their wins for West Virginia and Texas Tech. So I think this is going to be a really good nighttime matchup. Honestly, I'm going to take Texas here because they're they're my team, but I I see TCU. If TCU can win, I think they're... uh, legit college football playoff team. Yeah, I agree. This could be a win that TCU um, could, like, stamp that they're actually a legit team. But then and with the other side of that coin, I also think this one is going to be why they are not a Tex- I mean, a college football playoff team. I think Texas is going to put a close to their 9-0 and great season. And uh, I think this – that Texas, I don't think, will have a chance to make the college football playoff with three losses. And I think they're going to still play spoiler and ruin TCU's chances. Logan or I, Jackson? Uh, I, I agree with that, Nevin. I um, I think that this Texas team, you know, Quinn Ewers going in there, I mean, just his calmness in the pocket and his ability to hit those receivers. And, you know, his big tight end, you know, because that's – I love watching that. And uh, I think that – yeah, they're definitely gonna gonna cause an upset on TCU and stop that that nine and zero streak. I think they're gonna come out there strong, and you know TCU is. I mean, they're playing great, but you know Texas football, and you know Texas is 
the, the you know the big one in Texas football. I think, I mean, this is also kind of a rivalry game. So I'm thinking that uh, Texas is going to go in there and uh, you know show them up. Logan, you know, I want to throw back to Week Six. I took the Kansas money line. TCU wins. Week seven, I take the Oklahoma State money line. TCU wins. And then in week eight, I took the Kansas State money line and TCU wins. I'm just I'm I'm done betting against this team. Let's throw those horns down. I'm saying the Horn Frogs pull this one out. I don't know why Texas is favored. Well, I mean, I know why they're favored, but they shouldn't be. TCU is the better football team. They're better than Michigan. They're better than not Oregon, but they're better than Tennessee. And this TCU team is going to prove it. And I will stand here when you all pick Texas, and I will stand time by out, my TCU Horn Frogs. Better did than I just Michigan? Say, did I? Yeah. Did I, I just hear you say TCU is better than the Michigan Wolverines? I'm I'm with you on that, Logan. You did. Oh. This, this TCU team, if you put them on a neutral field right now with Michigan, they won't have to take those Wolverines. They're taking the Wolverines. I feel like, okay. Here, yep. here's I what, if you put them on a neutral field with Michigan, Michigan wouldn't even let them come out of the tunnel. I don't think TCU uh, has a chance well, to play. We, we know how Michigan uh, goes Michigan's in the tunnel. lose by 45 to Ohio State. So they're not even going to get there. And TCU, because they beat Texas this week, they're going to throw those horns down. They're going to walk into the college football playoff 13-0, probably get absolutely murdered by Georgia. But that's okay because this TCU team is legit. I am calling it. They are not beating Texas. They're going to slow down Bajan Robinson. The rushing yards allowed only 150 on the year. I kind of like it, but John Robinson, I don't think gets as high as he normally does. TCU in a shootout, you just can't bet against him. You can't bet against him. I think with the thing with this TCU team is what you could say about the take them being better than Michigan is they've had their conference all around and overall is way better than the Big Ten this year and uh, the teams that Michigan's played. So I could see where uh, you can make an argument for TCU uh, being higher than Michigan. I'm not going to personally put them over there just because I feel like this this game will kind of decide where what I think of TCU. But regardless if they win or lose this game, I mean, having a first-year head coach and Sonny Dykes from SMU, having guys like Zach Evans transfer out, uh, the, the fact that they can put in a nine-win team and probably be ranked in the top 10 to top 15 at the end of the year is a great accomplishment and they'll be able to pull in recruits and uh be able to build off that for sure yeah honestly i i don't know i just don't see tcu losing a football game until possibly the big 12 championship i think baylor and iowa state are fairly easy wins for tcu if they can get through Uh, i wouldn't say baylor baylor's been pretty good but i i don't know i think tcu wins this football game I think everyone's kind of leaning Texas. Everyone's shading them. Vegas is favoring them. You three are all favoring them. I just TCU just finds a way to keep pulling out wins, and until they prove that they cannot win, I'm going to keep taking them. Their end of game management has been spectacular. Their coaching up and down has been spectacular. And uh, frankly, you can't really make the argument like you're making with a team like Clemson because I think Kansas State, Kansas, and Oklahoma State are three legit teams, maybe Oklahoma State's been embarrassed the last couple weeks. But, um, yeah, these are legitimate teams. I think TCU wins this football game. I'm going to come right back here when the score says 42-38 to TCU. And I'm going to point this out. Horns down. All right, anyone else have to say anything on this game? 
No, I'm good. All right, and then the last uh, scheduled game to talk about before we kind of go into our uh, own rambling about maybe what team, what game we want to talk about, or maybe some like bottom of the uh, conferences teams we could talk about, like Michigan State versus Rutgers, blah 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 blah. Uh, we got speaking of Big Ten teams, uh, we got Penn State versus Maryland. Maryland just took an embarrassing loss to Wisconsin. That game obviously ruined by the weather. Take it with a grain of salt. Maryland's a very pass-heavy team with uh, Talia Tagalivola. And then uh, Penn State, who just had a great bounce-back win against Indiana, uh, Washington, Singleton, Catron Allen, and uh, Sean Clifford were able to get this uh, Penn State team going in the right direction after that loss to Ohio State. Anyone got anything to say on this game? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, Maryland, you know, their defense, you know, they're letting up quite a bit of points in each game, you know, and they're kind of struggling with that. But I, I look back to, uh, you know, week four when they uh, played Michigan, and, uh, you know, that was a close game, you know, only losing by, by a score. And I think that when it comes to big games and big teams like that, Maryland, you know, has a chance. So I think, you know, I think for some reason I'm seeing that, I think Maryland might be able to pull this one out. Um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, that game last week was was tough. And, um, you know, Penn State secondary is pretty good. But, if you know, if Maryland can, can get rolling with uh, Tech Viola and uh, – start hitting those guys downfield and get that pass game uh, reopened again, I think they have a chance to uh, to take this uh, – take the Nittany Lions down this week. and uh, it, it should be a good game for sure. Uh, I'm kind of right with you there. Uh, I think if Maryland can kind of get their passing attack going, obviously Joey, Joey Porter Jr., who's like the standout defensive back on this Penn State team, has been awesome this season. I don't know. I don't think – I think Penn State – against good teams is kind of a fraud offensively. I mean, against the Ohio State game, they literally had Parker Washington pick up everything. Other than that, they weren't able to really do anything, weren't able to run the ball greatly. Catron Allen and Singleton, I get it that they're really young, and uh, this offensive line's not the greatest, but I feel like uh, Maryland, if their pass, their pass coverage against that Michigan team when I watched that game uh, live a very long time ago, they literally let that J.J. McCarthy, I remember one play, had 10 seconds to throw, and then finally yeah. just said, fuck it, I'm going to go out and just scramble for 20 yards. So, uh, I don't know. This game could be really good. I kind of wanted to pick it because Maryland, uh, I feel like they're looking for a bounce back uh, win. And Indiana, or, sorry, Penn State has a great win against Indiana and are looking to have continued success. Uh, Logan or Neg- Nevin, uh, do you want to uh, say anything? Yeah, I'll, Nev, go but, ahead. Um, I think that. Penn State, uh, I think, first off, I think this will be a great game, just like both of you have said. Jax, I agree with a lot of the points you made, um, but I also think that the way Penn State lost, uh, what was that, two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago to Ohio State, I think that was a tough loss, and uh, I don't think Penn State wants to experience something like that again this season. Hence why I think that they're going to end the season up to play in a meaningful bowl game. Not saying college football playoff, obviously, but I'm saying like a good tier bowl game, and uh, I think this will be the second step of them end of the season, end in the regular season four and zero. So I got the Penn State Nittany Lions in this one, but uh, I think Tagovailoa could keep it interesting for a while. 
And Logan, you want to finish us off on this game? Yeah, well, you know, the saying is experience matters. And, uh, you know, the rumor is Sean Clifford just put in for a 17th season of eligibility next year. We'll see if he gets that. But um, ripe in season 16 here, I think Sean Clifford just – I think he leads the victory. And uh, this is a Penn State team. They've been very good. If you watch the Ohio State game, they, they were in that. Uh, score doesn't really reflect how close it was. You go back to the Michigan game. They were in that one, too, in the first half. Blake Corum ended up kind of running away with it. I think that Penn State defense got a little bit tired because their offense just couldn't find a way to stay on the field. But uh, those are two really close losses. And uh, I think when it comes down to it, when the birds start chirping and uh, you look up and all you can see is just a sea of white, I think the Nittany Lions are going to pull it out uh, at home. They're going to pull this one out against Maryland to turn over uh of Iloa a little bit. And uh, the really good Penn State defense, I think, is going to shine through. I'm going to say a little three-touchdown day out of our uh, super, super, super senior Sean Clifford. And, uh, yeah, I think Penn State pulls this out. He's got, like, the red trench coat out of all, like, the red shirts and everything like that. So there's that for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sean Clifford's old enough to be my dad, but, you know, he's still throwing <laughs> footballs in the Big Ten. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to open – field here fellas anyone want to make a crazy take about a game that might happen in uh either big 10 play or maybe like clemson louisville florida state syracuse the field's open guys if uh, you guys want to talk um I'll, I'll say something um i know logan just made a point about how he thought penn state was in the game against michigan but uh then blake quorum started doing blake quorum things i mean i think this week is just another another uh step of his staircase to uh walk he's Walking on Syracuse, New York, and uh, the final step will be, you know, work the high room, just like uh, fellow teammate Aiden Hutchinson appeared in that room that yeah uh, last year. But I think you'll see uh, Coram hoisting that trophy this year, unlike his. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's gonna be Drake May. Um, but I think just this week uh, against uh, uh, pardon my French, but a shitty ass Nebraska team. I think uh, just another stepping stone for Coram to keep walking to. Uh, to New York. Uh, with this yep. uh, Nebraska team, uh, like Casey Thompson, their uh, starting quarterback for the majority of this year, is out as well. Uh, the spreads jumped to 31 for Michigan now. Or it's rumored that Casey Thompson's going to be out. It's most likely, especially because it's getting to the end of the season. And he's probably going to want to transfer out. I mean, we do know the uh, that Blake Corm is number one leading scorer, number one total touchdowns, number one rushing touchdowns. And number one first down run, so um, he'll he'll rip this Nebraska team apart. It'll either probably be well, yeah. I would hope you would be able to rip apart a team that can barely even hold their own in a Big Ten game. But uh, I will say, I don't think there's any chance Corm's hosting that trophy at the end of the year. Uh, I'll put my Michigan bias aside and just say. The Heisman's such a unbelievable quarterback award now. It's it's kind of ridiculous. It's basically turned um, into the O'Brien. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's basically the NFL MVP. Like, I think Aiden Hutchinson was there kind of as a uh, kind of attaboy. Like, hey, you were the best defensive player in the nation. But Boy, yeah, Anderson should have been there. That yeah, that's about it. And I don't think I don't think anybody actually thought maybe some biased Michigan fans. But I don't think anybody else actually thought Aiden Hutchinson had a true shot to win the Heisman last year. Um, not I even because of – Because he took second. So someone did. 
Yeah, but did you actually think they were going to give him the award over Bryce Young? Uh, because he took second, so. I mean, he had about he had about as good of a season as you possibly could from a defensive player, and he still didn't win the award. I'm just saying, I don't think that there's any way a def- or a non quarterback is going to win this award. Hey, if Blake Corum wins wins it this year, I'll eat my words. But you kind of wa- saw it with Kenneth Walker last year. Had a bad game against Ohio State. Completely took him out of it. That's kind of the game there. I think for Blake Corum in Michigan. I think if Michigan loses to Ohio State. You can just cross off Blake Corum's name. He's not winning it. Um, you know, there's definitely a case for him if they do win that football game, even if they don't. But I just think of such a quarterback-heavy award, I would be I would be surprised if it went somewhere else. Agreeable there. Um, honestly, the only other game that like maybe I want to put some spotlight on is this North Carolina Wake Forest game. As you mentioned, uh, North Carolina is kind of been under the radar even though they're eight and one and have players like downs and may that have uh, been able to put this team in a good position uh they probably will win their side of the acc but they got to get through wake forest this week wake forest according to vegas is favored by four but i don't know ever since that uh louisville game i've been really skeptical of this wake forest team on a two-game losing streak after losing to nc state and Raleigh, uh i don't know i don't i'm not a big fan of uh sam hartman after that one game he had against louisville and it looks like A.T. Perry's production slowed down a little bit, too. Uh, I like. I really want Drake May to win the Heisman. He's kind of like my vote, too, because without Drake May, that North Carolina team might not even be 500. They would be nowhere without him. So that that's my opinion on that. Anyone else got to any, say anything about either team? Yeah, I, I think uh, North Carolina will win this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to kind of keep it brief. brief. I think North Carolina wins this game, but um, very interesting – Duke May is their not only their leading passer, he's also their or sorry Drake May, my mistake. Not only their leading passer, he is their leading rusher as well. Um, very interesting for North Carolina. I think he has a Heisman stake. Probably C.J. Stroud still the forerunner, front runner there. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Any take from you, Jackson? On this game? Yeah, or just any any game really. I mean, it's it's an open field right now. If you want to talk uh, about a certain think- team. You know, the one I've been I've been seeing here is we got Kansas State and Baylor this week. And uh you know, they're both both at six and three. And uh I think that's gonna be you know be a crucial one there, you know, because you know, K State, you know, they're uh they're having a pretty good year and Martinez has taken them. And I'd really like to see, you know, I love seeing uh Cade Warner out there. That's that's awesome to see, you know, him playing out there, and I, they're on a roll. And I think that this game against Baylor is going to be it's going to be a tough one, you know, because they're both competing for that the next the next move forward. So, yeah, battle of the six and three, and I think it's going to be it's going to be you know Kansas State's traveling there, and uh, you know we'll see what they do on the road, but um, you know I hope the Wildcats can uh, come out and get another win this season. Yeah, uh, completely agree there. Uh, the two pretty good uh, Big 12 teams, Kansas State obviously being link- ranked a little bit higher than Baylor, but Baylor is not a joke this year. Uh, I'm pretty, Baylor just took that win to Oklahoma last week, and uh, I mean, Oklahoma's not a bad team. Obviously, the record's not the greatest. Um, They obviously are still a pretty good team, so... 
I don't know. Yeah. Uh, games in Waco uh, kind of can go either way. Both teams pretty good. I would take Kansas State in this game, but that is just my personal opinion. Yep. Uh, anyone else have anything to talk about? I'm good. I'm good, too. Well, actually, I'm not good yet. I will say shout-out to my Spartans. They're going to win this week, knocking down Rutgers, and uh, they're going to make themselves one game away from being bowl eligible. Something that kind of sounded crazy a few weeks ago here. Uh, it's uh, I, I like that bird. I like that. yeah. I I like the confidence. Uh, they do have Indiana and Rutgers, which are both winnable games for them. Uh, I, one thing I will say is uh, I think Louisville could upset Clemson this week. That is for sure. This Clemson team, is it even an upset? Clemson's not a good football team. I think. Who was it? Was it Clay and Sarge when they were on here on Tuesday? Yeah, I know they both had a lot to say about uh. Clemson and man, shout out to them. They hit the they hit the nail on the head. Clemson sucks. DJ Ugala, whatever his name is, is not a good quarterback. I think they need to make a quarterback switch. And even though Clemson's at one loss, it feels like they couldn't be farther away from the college football playoff. Completely agree there. Uh, Malik Cunningham going to have like six total touchdowns that game. Just going to make the Clemson defense look a little silly. Uh, all right, are we all done here, guys? Yeah, I'm all good. Good, man. It was a pleasure coming on today. Oh, yes. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Jackson, you will definitely be back again. Logan and Nevin, they're going to always be around here whether they want to show up or not. Uh, Thank you guys for uh, listening to today's episode. I felt like there was a little bit of arguing, a little bit of agreements, uh, definitely a little bit more controversy than last week within each other on our takes. Yeah, Yeah. all I got to say. Go Oregon, go TCU. Hopefully Michigan loses to Nebraska somehow. <laughs> we'll we'll see you boys next so. week. Horns down. All right. Uh, the, rea- the reaction pod's probably going to either be on early, or afternoon Sunday or come out Monday. So I don't know when uh, you boys will be available, but we'll, uh, we'll discuss it out of the show. Thank you guys for uh, watching the podcast. And yeah, uh, nothing much else to say. Uh, Yeah, it's just the end.